Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Well, good morning. It is Don't At Me with Dan Dockers. I got my shades on. I got my IU shirt on because never daunted, we shall not falter. Those are the fight song words. Indiana, I've just lost my mind on it. We're going to talk about it. Uh, Jawan Howard suspended, fine. A couple players suspended and fine. We're going to talk about it coming up with Doug Gottlieb. I'm also going to talk to you about it. In fact, let's get into it right now. Hey, Dylan, can we put the full screen up on exactly who got what last night when the whole thing came out from the Big Ten? Let's go through it. Let's go through it person by person. You know, Yesterday was a beautiful day. It really was. Yesterday, so much hate because you were racist if you didn't just roll over and say that Jawan Howard should get nothing. I can't tell you how many guys said, well, your true colors are coming out. Look, here's the deal. Even Desmond Howard, another ESPN football idiot, got into the act criticizing Dickie V. I know the cold words, people. I know the cold words. It's interesting, Dan. I know the code words that that people use to try to accuse you of racism. Let me tell you what coaches do. Let me just tell you idiots on ESPN, the Ryan Clarks, the Damian Woodies, the Desmond Howards. Let me tell you fools what coaches do. Dick Vitale, myself, guys that have coached. Hell, Gottlieb has coached gold medal team in the Maccabee Games, which is basically the Jewish Olympics. When you've coached, you treat everybody the same. When you've coached, it doesn't matter, black, white. If you play well, I play. If you don't, I don't. If you screw up, I go after you. If you don't, I don't. I don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic. doesn't matter to me. But that's not how the real world works, particularly at ESPN. See, the ESPNers yesterday wanted all of the guys like me to back down. They wanted me to back down. They, well, Dan, we understand. It's interesting. No, it ain't interesting. Look, I'm a big college basketball guy. I am a big, huge, not a little bit big. I am a huge, huge believer in coaches. I don't give a damn about your racial problems. Those are yours. Your biases, your racism, that's your problem. That ain't my problem. Me, I just kind of tell you, the way it is, and it does not matter to me. Black, white, it don't matter to me even a little bit. I know the code words. I know what you're trying to slap on me, and it ain't working. Not with me anyway. It might work with others. Good for you, but it ain't working with me. I'm trying to find this one tweet that I got from a guy, and, you know, the guy refused to acknowledge why, of course, of course, he tried to tell me that Jawan Howard uh, never said a word. And I asked him, well, all right, I, I, here, here's the tweet. You ready? This, oh, he, he, he blocked me. Good for him. He should have. Look, stand up for what's right. 
the ESPN former football playing idiots like Desmond Howard, they tried to go at Vitale of, well, you're making this awfully personal. Yeah, that's code. Let me just tell you. Well, it's interesting, Dan, that you didn't realize. Yeah, well, that's code. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's code. I mean, it's code for basically saying you're being raised. Stand up to that bullshit. Just stand up to it. That's it. I mean, do what's right. And what's right is when you are a coach like Vitale, like myself, you're so used to dealing with everybody honestly. You deal honestly. You don't deal in bullshit. You don't deal in people like Desmond Howard, like Ryan Clark, like frickin', um, oh, what's that big old guy that always goes on a diet and everybody says, oh, my God, you're so great. And then he gains 80 pounds. I, what's it? I forget his name, whatever his name is. But anyway, you get tired of these guys. Juwan Howard did wrong, period. I didn't want him fired. Don't want him fired. Don't even want him thought about being fired. Don't want him fired. You guys might want him fired. I don't want him fired. What I wanted was for him to do what eventually he did. Just say, hey, look, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. And then you move on. Ain't no big deal. Ain't, ain't no big deal even a little bit. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But here is what happened in this. I'm sorry, I got off track. Here is what ultimately happened in this. All right, let's go through it. I want to make sure I have it here and I have it right. Jawan Howard, coaching suspension, five games, which is the remainder of the season, and he was fined $40,000. Goodbye me. Hey, man, if you don't like the fine, if you're mad at the fine, then take it up with the AD Uh, If you don't like the suspension, take it up with the AD at Michigan. Take it up with the commissioner. I got no problem. Terrence Williams, the second, suspended one game, effective immediately. Musa Diabate, suspension one game, effective immediately. Good, they were swinging. What are you doing? Uh, Greg Gard, fined $10,000. I'll get into that with Gottlieb uh, in a moment, when when Gottlieb comes on. And a kid named Neath suspended one game. They were throwing hands. They got suspended. No biggie. Now you move on. Look, I told you this before, and I'll tell you this again. Come at me all you'd like, all you racists out there. But the truth of the matter is, Juan Howard been acting like an idiot for a while. I mean, you can, well, Dan, you need to give me your source. I would love to give you my source, but he doesn't want to be sourced. I mean, he, he went at a, <laughs> it's unbelievable, really. He went at a ESPN announcer with, you giving me lip? Like he was going to fight a guy that, well, whatever. John, I told you this last week before they played Iowa. John Howard been acting like a fool. Whatever you want to do with that, all you ESPN wokers. Randy Scott, an announcer at ESPN, he told the company line, Randy Scott, please. All right. Dan, why are you wearing your – I'll get into more of this with Gottlieb coming up. Uh, Gottlieb and I will go over Wisconsin's statement, which was awesome. you got to hear Wisconsin's statement. It was absolutely freaking awesome. Your true colors show, Dan. My true colors are red and white. That's right, Indiana. And Indiana stinks. i got to tell you, uh, about last night, Ohio State beats Indiana, and I was telling Dylan, less than a minute to go – Indiana's up four. 
You got seven points on top of that if you bet Indiana. Indiana lost by 11. As Dylan said, that is a Scott Van Pelt bad beat, period. That is a horrific beat. But I'm not, it was a worst coach, and I hate to say this. Woody, Mike Woodson, is my Indiana basketball brother. It was the worst coach last minute I've ever seen in my life. But I'm wearing my Indiana because I am all in. I mean, I got to listen to Indiana administrators tell me I wasn't good enough to coach the place in 08. And the clown shows that I've seen since 08, other than a couple years, have been off the chain yo. But I'm telling you right now, I'll stick with you through thick and thin. My lovely wife, I said yesterday, I said, do you think Indiana might actually be dead? Indiana basketball? You know what she said to me? Now, you got to understand my wife is a legend in the world of softball. To everybody but Megaronowitz at ESPN. Because she's got her, you know, little thing going. But anyway, uh, my wife said maybe... You guys, meaning basketball players of the past at Indiana, are just going to have to accept that. That was hurtful. It was true. So I'm not accepting it. One thing Woody needs to do is how about we hire some guys that can actually coach? Oh, Dane Fife has actually coached. The other guys, what are we doing? I'm not going to bore you because I know this is a national show with Indiana stuff, but that was, Mike Woodson always says, well, you know, these guys don't know how to win. My ass, I don't think the coaching staff knows how to win, and it pains me to say this. It does. It was, it was the worst debacle that I have seen in my time at Indiana, and I was on the staff when we blew a nine-point lead to eight-point lead to Minnesota under a minute because Sam Jacobson kept drilling threes. I never seen no shit like it, if you want to know the truth, last night. Holding the ball, bad shots. Got the ball with five seconds to go. Now think about this. Somehow, some way, the two kids for Indiana go to the guy, one guy with the ball, two guys. Go to one guy with the ball. What does the guy with the ball do? He flips it to Trace Jackson Davis's man, who for whatever the reason doubled the ball, and the guy for Ohio State dunks it. And the game is tied with five seconds to go. So what does Indiana do? They inbound the ball. They dribble it up as fast as a 59-year-old bald guy can go. No shot. It's horrible. And it's personal to me, but I'm with you, Indiana. Even though in 08, you told me I shouldn't be the coach, and you hired a clown show for 20 years since, I'm with you, baby. I'm wearing my red and white. All you, all you little Indiana fans, Duncan's hates Indiana. Shut up. That's where I'm at with it, people. Duncan's hates it. I got one lady saying, thank you for the support. Hey, lady, were you there at 5 a.m. when Rick Rowray broke his arm in a practice after a win? Did you get off the bus in Indiana like I did as a player? and go practice for three hours after a loss? Did you have to punch Bob Knight in the chest in a private meeting because he was being such a jackass to you? Shut up, lady. Thank you for that support. Yeah, okay. Hey, I didn't see your ass there, lady. 
I didn't see you there. I've supported my ass off. And I'll continue to. But last night was garbage. I tell you what, if I was the AD, it'd be hard not to fire folks. Uh, UNC and Louisville. Louisville's awful. It's hard being an interim coach. Steve Fisher made it look easy to be the interim coach. Remember when he took over Michigan and he won a national championship? I was an interim coach, but I had a bunch of drug-wheeling idiots that I had to, you know, Indiana fans actually criticized me for making guys stop smoking weed and go to class in 08. You know why they criticized me? Because they lost. We lost. We went three and four. But when guys are showing up at practice high, you got to do something, don't you? Or is that a FEMA law or FERPA law or whatever? I never knew that showing up high is a medical condition. It's an ass condition. Being an interim coach ain't easy, people. And most coaches think they know everything when they're assistants. Slide over eight inches. Mike Pegues getting his ass beat at Louisville. It was a not that important in terms of jumping up win for North Carolina, but it was an important win for North Carolina. Make no mistake. They needed a win like I need hair. So did Indiana. For some reason, every other school can get it done. Drives me nuts. Uh, UCLA, don't sleep on them. Remember a few weeks ago, Arizona State beat UCLA. They rushed the court, all that stuff. Okay, fine. You know what UCLA decided to do last night? We're going to get in a damn stance and we're going to guard you. That's right. We're going to guard you. We're going to guard you hard. We're going to guard you like our life depends on it. That's right. And they did. They held Arizona State to 52 points. I don't know what the hell's happened to Luther Muhammad. I thought he'd go to Arizona State and be pretty good. Don't sleep on Jaime Jaquez and UCLA. Side note, yes, I am biased. The whole Jaquez family stayed with us. Lee. Oh, she's not down here. Stay with us for at least a week. It might have been two during the NCAA tournament. I had a blast with the whole family. Love Jaime Jaquez and his family. Great time. Hosted a party. Some UCLA parents came over. We had a great time. So I am all in on you. C-L-A. UCLA. Fight, 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 fight. That's right. Hey, did you see this? Let me go back to Juwan Howard. He of the whining about timeouts. Against Indiana, up 16, he called a timeout under a minute. Now, Michigan twerps, and they are twerps, are saying, well, he did it to substitute. I don't give a damn. So it's okay? Guard did it to not get a turnover. He did it, Howard. But Howard is the guru. You're going to see this. Every night if I watch college basketball, every night you're going to see when the game goes under four minutes, a tweet from me that's saying, now that the Indiana-Ohio State game or whatever game I'm watching has gone under four minutes, all timeouts must be approved by Coach Jay Howard of Michigan. Juwan Howard, my ass. That's Code Dockage. Your true colors are showing. Yeah, my true colors. I don't want coaches to punch somebody. That was funny yesterday. Man, the races came out in full force yesterday. It was glorious. Uh, I don't know how much you saw this, but Medina Spirit, Medina Spirit, however the hell you say, the Kentucky Derby winner who died on December 6th, uh, guess what? Got stripped of his Kentucky Derby win. Now, look, I own a couple horses. I'm in a syndicate. We got one good horse. It's called Fate Factor, really good horse. 
I'll let you know on this show next time Fate Factor runs. We get fat off Fate Factor. We bet it to win and show. If Fate Factor had a longer neck, we'd have won a lot of races. But anyway, so I love the horses. I love the Derby. I like watching them. I grew up watching them. Uh, bingo. But this is the second year. Well, that's not. What? Heck, let me think about this. In 2019, in 2019, uh, what the hell was the name of that horse that got stripped for interference? Anyway, long story short, maximum security. Maximum security was disqualified in 2019. It was a great race, by the way. Anyway, uh, Bob Baffert, the, 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 whatever you call his hair, I guess it's blonde. It's more like a stripper, kind of a silver. But anyway, Bob Baffert got suspended and fined $7,500. Now, his pants are worth $7,500. That's not a big deal. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, in the world of sports, it pays to be a cheat. So, you know, you got caught in the derby, but don't tell me this is the only time Baffert's been cheating. College basketball paid for years to be a cheat. College football, my God, that's what you should do. I always wanted to go back into coaching, cheat my ass off, win the NCAA title, and drop a bag full of cash right at half court. I always thought that had been big time. Dan, why do you have different coffee mugs? My wife and I collect them when we go places. It's our little thing. It's our old man and old lady thing. But anyway, so now uh, Mandolin is the champ. Bob Baffert is fine and suspended. And away we go. That was big news yesterday. I don't know how people missed it. I have no idea. But that was big news. All right, let's take a look. And if this I like. This I talked about yesterday. And I'm glad the NFL and the city of Indianapolis weren't complete stubborn jackasses. 150 different prospects represented by agents were going to boycott the combine because for some reason in the city of Indianapolis, we have decided to be complete idiots. And I know why, because our mayor's an idiot, which is why a lot of people want me to run for mayor. Now, here's the deal. So agents said, wait a second, this is crap. They put all these restrictions on being in a bubble for these prospects. The agents for the prospects said this is stupid. And let me tell you why, in my opinion, it's stupid. I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. When you look at Colts football games... In Lucas Oil, the same facility where these guys are going to run during the combine, 60,000 people are in that stadium for a Colts game, not having to wear a mask, not having to show a Vax card, nothing. You know how football fans are, Quentin Nelson, pancake, where's a ball dinger? He'll show it tomorrow on Twitter. My ass. So now all of a sudden, you're going to make these prospects come in and get in a bubble. Stupid. Bullshit. Political correct bullshit. And look, other than Adam Silver, the most woke of all of us, thus the most popular with the media commissioner, the NFL is full of shit. That's the only reason. And I'm glad these agents said, time out. Time the hell out. You know what? This ain't right, and it ain't right. It is not right. So you know what? They stood up. They stood up, and they said, hey, guess what? We're not having it. We won't have it. 
We ain't showing. Hey, we'll do our pro day. You think that it's going to hurt prospects that bad to do whatever they do at the combine at their pro day? And to the NFL's sorry-ass credit, whiny-ass, uh, whatever, you know, cover-your-ass credit, they're like, yeah, you're probably right. Indianapolis is a shit show. I love the city. I live in the city. I don't live outside the city. But our mayor's an idiot. Ever since our mayor let people not peacefully protest, riot, and burn things down, he's been an idiot. He continues to be an idiot, and I guarantee you he was behind this with the NFL, showing dumbass mandates, trying to bully college kids into doing something that they should never have had to do, never even think about doing. What you should be able to do at the Combine is show up, go to your hotel, follow your script, and not worry about a bubble or anything else. Just stop the crap. Just absolutely stop the garbage. Thank God I'm here, right? Aren't you glad I'm here? I got to be here because nobody else wants to say nothing. We're all supposed to be intimidated by Ryan Clark. What would Ryan Clark do? Remember the tweet yesterday? Show me who you are and then I'll let you know how I'm going to deal with you. Oh, shut the fuck up. Sorry for swearing. I'm trying not to swear. How about go to hell and then we'll figure out how to deal with you? Stop. You people, he said to me. That's why it's a little personal. You people, okay, you people. He says to me, Clay Travis, Ryan Clark, imagine. Hmm. Anyway, Brian Flores to the Steelers. I love it. Hey, look, just because Brian Flores put the dumbest lawsuit in the history of lawsuits out there doesn't mean he shouldn't work. I am all for people working. And by all accounts, at least from people that I know, and I know a ton in the NFL, Flores is a really good guy and a really good coach. I was glad to see Flores get work. Stupid lawsuit. What are you doing? Like, you're all right. You're whining, bitching, moaning because you didn't get a job. Well, maybe you didn't deserve a job. And don't think for a second, as I've said, when you're the hot young assistant coming out of Belichick's place, that you get treated the same five years later as the fired begging for a uh, head coaching job head coach, fired head coach. You don't get treated the same. I lived it. It ain't a black-white thing. It's a coach, hot coach thing. When I was coming out of Indiana, I was a hot coach, baby. Me and Amaker and all these guys. When we went for an interview, man, it was on. When I left Bowling Green as the, not fired, because I didn't get fired, just out. I didn't renew my contract. I didn't want to renew my contract. I went to a couple interviews and I was treated totally differently. It ain't a black-white thing. It's a hot coach out of Belichick against being fired thing. We've all lived it in coaching. Maybe I should have filed a lawsuit. I think I should have. Uh, some guy named Neymar wants to play in the ML MLS. Now, this is big news to a lot of you. But I would ask you real quick, does anybody really, and I mean really, really, really care about soccer? I mean, I know you guys say good on me, right? And I know, but do you really care? I mean, I think you do. No, I think you do. I think if I had had this conversation uh, three or four years ago, I think you'd have been exposed as a fraud. But now I think you really care about the Premier League. I know Neymar is like a Brazilian dude, isn't he? Yeah. So he's not in the Premier League, or I guess he's not. I don't know. But anyway, he wants to play in the MLS. 
Now, to a lot of you scarf-wearing guys that talk about, hey, good on you, good on Europe, good on Brian Flores, I get you. This is a big deal. He spent four seasons with Barcelona, FC Barcelona. See, I liked FC in front of my name. I like the Washington Football Club. I think it gives all of us that think we're European a European feel. When you grab your scarf, say good on you, kiss your wife, and go get a pint down at the Chatham Tap because the Irish are on, or not the Irish, uh, Man U is playing Burnham. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, who the hell's in there? I actually bet the Premier League every Saturday morning. I do a show on Sirius from 9 to noon on Saturdays. I'm not doing it this week because I'm playing golf. But I do a show on Sirius XM Channel 84. Josh Neighbors is my producer. So Josh is uh, a serious soccer fan. So what does Josh do? We make Josh. We don't make him because he likes doing it. He gives us a Premier League bet. Usually the game will start at 9 or 10 o'clock, and it's on TV. You know Josh is 8-2? and two? It may be the only bet I've ever made that I've actually won money at. But this guy Neymar is going to follow Beckham, Ibrahima Megigik, Theory and Henry, Wayne Looney, Kaka. I love Kaka. I've watched Kaka. I do Kaka. Frank Lampart and David Villa as guys that came over either from Europe or South America to play the, the foots. Good on you. And if you've ever watched Pinky Blinders, then you know what I'm talking about. Good on you. <laughs> I'm going to go get my scarf. You know, one thing I don't have uh, today, I don't think, is a list of the 75 greatest players in the NBA. And there's a list of the guys that should be in. Nolan Smith from Duke says Kyrie Irving should be in. Okay there, Nolan. I don't know who Nolan Smith is, but that was his take. And then it was followed by a list of guys that should be in according to some guy, you know, some website, or at least guys that were not named. Let me go through it. Paul Gasol, no chance. Uh, Dwight Howard, maybe early. Chris Bosh, please. Tony Parker, eh. Vince Carter, no chance. Alex English and Bernard King, maybe. Tracy McGrady, good enough to get you fired. Clay Thompson, mm, that's a tough one, maybe. Kyrie Irving, please. Draymond Green, no. Paul George, complete fraud. Complete fraud. Like, you don't have no, I, tell, I say this every year. You can go back and Google me on Mike and Mike, hosting Mike and Mike, talking about Paul George. Way before you all understood Paul George was a complete fraud. And I talked about how Paul George is a complete fraud. Complete fraud. Good enough to get you fired. And Manu Ginobili, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, who are you taking out? You know what I mean? Who are we taking out? Let's see. Are we going to take out Hal Greer? Not a chance. Yeah, I ain't taking none of the. Uh, I'm taking out Anthony Davis. What is it? What is, yeah, pull whoever you want in. As long as it's not McGrady. As long as it's not, uh, and get Anthony Davis out of there, please. Can we do that? Can we get Anthony Davis out of there? 
There's no reason. Well, no, there's no reason. Don't put Paul George in. Don't put Tracy McGrady. But any of those other guys, I don't care. Having Anthony Davis on the same stage as Magic Johnson and Sam Jones is embarrassing. Not really is. The thing about lists is you got to understand lists. Lists these days are meaningless because everybody has to be politically correct. If you think ESPN is really about the viewer, ESPN is training wheels for diversity in terms of their announcers. That's what it is. So I don't pay attention to lists because lists aren't honest anymore. You go, well, wait a second. We've got uh, four white guys, uh, three African-Americans. Now we've got to get a European in here. That's what lists are these days. Let's be honest. So I don't even pay attention. It's like the Basketball Hall of Fame. The Basketball Hall of Fame been doing that for the last 10 years. Basketball Hall of Fame is the least of the Hall of Fames because they go, well, now wait a second here. We've got um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, we've got to get a European and a woman. How about you just put the best people in? <laughs> I, know, I know that's my true colors, according to idiots on Twitter, but hey. Uh, how about you just do that? Trey Wallace is going to join us. I got to talk to Trey Wallace about a couple things. One, the hell's going on with the college football playoff? Two, are college coaches being smart? And by that I mean not head coaches, assistants. Are they running to the NFL? Because you know what? There's nothing dumber for coaches. For coaches, not for Jay Billis, not for all you woke folks, not for all of you that say good on you. Not for all you hardcore white guys, but there's nothing dumber for coaches in the NIL. Nothing. If I coached today, I don't know what I'd do. I know I'd get fired because I'd be like, why are we paying this idiot so much money? I'd walk up to a business guy and go, let's see if I understand this. You're paying this clown to miss shots for us? How dumb are you? That's what I would do. I'm a bad guy, though. Uh, Trey Wallace, Outkick, next. Stay right here. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Uh, Welcome back. It is Don't At Me here on OutKick. And speaking of OutKick, nobody covers the world of college football better than my next guest, Trey Wallace. Uh, Trey, you and I were talking off air real quick. Um, I'm going to get into – let's let's do the order that we have because this is a TV show and apparently on TV you're supposed to follow a script as opposed to my radio show where you just talk. All right, why, in your opinion, has there been no college football expansion, or why none until 2025? I think when it came down to it, Dan, uh, you know, they they rolled out this nice plan last summer, and it got everybody excited. Kind of dip your toes in the water, get people juiced up. Okay, we're going to change things up. You know, we're going to move in a different direction. And then we got to the point where we started to see the SEC, and a lot of other conferences didn't like this. The SEC expanded, adding Texas and Oklahoma. Okay, so that's one instrument of detail of why things went wrong. But then we started to get in these conversations where it's okay, we threw out this idea, but now we're getting to this point where we have so many concerns. And my biggest question was, 
Why are you throwing this out there to begin with if you're not all collective and how we're going to go about it to get there? Um, I, I think that when you look at it, you know, the Pac-12, you know, had a little bit of pushback and the Big Ten did about the Rose Bowl and not being able to play that on New Year's Day. Um, you look at the money and, and how many games, you know, the ACC commissioners coming out and, and talking about, well, you know, we need to worry about NIL first and how we cut back on some of these games or these teams don't have to play as much. And we need to figure out NCAA rules and institution rules before we move forward with a playoff. A lot of it didn't make sense to me because when you get to that point, I was in Indianapolis, you know, over a month ago when, when, when they all met and sat down and tried to hash these things out. But now, Dan, we've got to a point where they all want to start complaining about revenue too. They all want to start, okay, what's the split? What's the, what's the four-letter network going to do with the SEC since they already have a tie-in? And the biggest factor is to, you're leaving over $420 million on the table because of something that you wanted to do over the summer, you can't come to a conclusion to in January. I, 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 think it's, I think it's a mess. I think it's a mess for college football because what you did was, Dan, you put that carrot out there for everybody to love around college football, then you yanked it back. And you said, nope, we're not going to do it. We're going to wait five years, and then we can deal with it down the road. I think it's a huge mess in college football. And you know what, Dan? They set themselves up for it. Is there a villain in this? Like, on this committee, is there one league or one commissioner that's a villain here, more so than others? I think the ACC commissioner, you know, when, when they launched that alliance with the, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the ACC, the so-called alliance, and they put that little press release out there, I, I think they started working in conjunction. I think when it came down to the automatic qualifiers, for what they're proposing. So certain teams would be automatic qualifiers. They get a first round bye. Well, then you had group of five conferences, presidents, Sunbelt Conference, uh, you know, Mountain West, however many. They came out and said, well, wait a minute. We don't, we don't agree with this part. Why are we giving these automatic qualifiers to these big schools? Not realizing it, those, those are the ones that drive in the money. So let's, let's not be dumb about this in the long term. But I think overall, when you look at this thing right now, Dan, I think the ACC's got a lot to do with this right now. Um, I, I think the Big Ten, Kevin Warren's kind of splashed in there. But I, I don't like how they have now come back and, and they want to complain out to the media everything that they were so ready for this past summer. It's just not a good look for where we are right now in college football. So the bottom line, this contract ends in 2025. So between now and 2025, there's a lot of work to be done here. Not only, correct me if I understand this right, not only to change the playoff, uh, but our new network's going to be involved here because the world changes every year. What's going to happen so the contract, The contract runs out. So it would be right there at 2026 is potentially when you could start doing 2026. Yeah, so yeah. when you can potentially start doing yeah. something along those lines, um, you look at how this was played out. It, they could have got in two years before the current CFP contract was to end. So it would have played out in a sense. Okay. We can run the 24 and the 25 season with a different playoff format. And then that would lead in uh, to more money down the line. We know that. Um, and then you also look at it. A lot of people seem to forget this too. SEC, the Southeastern Conference, 
is about to start a new contract with ESPN here soon, which is very lucrative. I mean, the SEC, each team got over $50 million or whatnot from the conference, but that's only going to go up here in the near future when they get out of that horrible CBS deal, and then they can move over to the four-letter, and then all of a sudden now, okay, more revenue is coming in, and other conferences didn't like that either. So they didn't like the, the, the relationship between ESPN and the SEC. I just, you know, Dan, I, I look at it overall. I think they fumbled this thing because the amount of money that they could have made, but also the years that this is starting to pop up now, it's right around the corner. It's not like it's happening, you know, 10 years from now. We're getting close. I'm listening to you, and I'm hearing greed and arrogance. Yeah, yeah, you are. I mean, I I, I think that's right. what it comes down to. I mean, not, yeah, I, I really, I right. Mean, I, I mean, I I think Dan, when when you had the AC, when the SEC, here's I think here's what it really comes down to, where it pissed a lot of people off around college football, and they couldn't get over themselves. When Texas and Oklahoma, and Greg Sankey got the Sooners of the Longhorns to join the SEC, and they did it so quietly. Everybody remembers when it happened last summer. I think that agitated some folks around college football and other conferences, and they couldn't get over themselves. And now we're sitting here at a stalemate where everybody's looking towards Greg Sankey to make some type of decision. But the problem is they need to look in the mirror and figure out, okay, there's nothing we can do to stop the SEC. We might as well try to get on their level and do a little bit of more of expansion, you know, to up our game a little bit. You can't just watch the SEC do their thing and sit back and complain about it all. You got to do something on your own. When you, I'm going to go a little bit uh, off track here, but when when you look at the overall landscape of college football, okay, um, it seems incredibly healthy to me, right? I mean, there there is no, I don't know, there is no, you know, other than this. But nine of the ten years, the South has won the, the championship. I guess Ohio State snuck in there. Is that a problem? You know what I, I think for people tuning in, like I, I, I understand. Look, I, I get it. If you're in ACC country, Big Ten country, or Pac-12 country, and you don't want to see Alabama and Georgia fighting it out again for a title, look, I, I understand that because those aren't the teams that you follow every single week. Um, but I look at it overall in a sense. The other teams had their chance. Like it's not like we're just. Yeah, it's not yeah. like we're just saying, okay, the SEC is going to play in the national title game, and that's how it's played. Like, I'm sorry, Michigan, you had your chance to, to beat Georgia. You came up, you fumbled it. You know, in Miami, Cincinnati, they gave Cincinnati a shot. You know, they ran, whatever, they ran the table, group of five team. They gave them a shot at Alabama. Didn't work out. It's, it's not like we're sitting here and we're anointing the SEC every single season with a national championship, they're having to go out and earn it. It's the other team's problems are not figuring out and actually fighting back and winning these games. So, you know, I, I look at it as if, yeah, you can be agitated at the moment. You can be you can be pissed off that certain teams are playing. But if Jim Harbaugh, you know, doesn't go to, to, to Miami in the Orange Bowl and lay an egg to Stetson Bennett, then we're not sitting here having this conversation. Michigan's playing for a national championship. At least they have a shot at it. But they didn't. It's on them. It's not on the SEC for being that good. It's on the other conferences for picking up the pace a little bit and getting up to their level. 
It's so funny because I have a very, I had, he passed away, a very good friend named Bob Hebenstreet. We called him Hebe. And I'd play golf with him. And whenever you're losing to him and you're like, hey, I need more strokes, his answer would be, hey, play better. And that's how, that's like, hey, Michigan, play better. Michigan State when you were in it a few years ago and got whomped. All right, I want to jump to this. The NIL is now, Trey, now they're being, uh, now the NCAA it wants to look into the NIL. Is this, is this cat out of the bag? And what, what does that mean? What, what, what do you think that the means? The NCAA wants to go back and say, wait a minute. We didn't set really any rules up when this thing started. So let's go back. Let's right. go back now and try to figure out if any rules were broken that we didn't really even set. Like, so what, what really what the NCAA doing here is they're going back and trying to figure out how these teams are pulling this off. I, get, I, I think that's the best way to do it. What is BYU doing? What is Texas A&M or Florida State or Florida? What we can go on and on. Miami. How are they doing this? You know, how are they getting this much money in these collectives but to put together some of these agreements? Here's the problem. You know, if you're the NCAA, you didn't do anything about it to begin with. So now you're sitting there and you're like, well, we want to come look at your books. We want to come see if you're involved or not. And it's like, well, you didn't put these rules into place to begin with. You gave us free reign pretty much. So how are you going to come in on the back end with your reputation and then come out and say, okay, well, you're doing this wrong, and and this wasn't a part of the plan. Hey, sorry, boys. Y'all weren't regulating it to begin with. So I I, I think when it comes down to it, they really want to get the inner workings to see how they can change things in the future. So that's why I think we are with the NCAA coming in with NIL. It's that two years from now, when they want to start making some rules about this thing, and, and it's not just free agency, they can have something to set up and go by. But you know what? Then it's their fault to begin with. And the fact they want to come in and start, you know, sniffing around now, I don't buy it. I don't play with it. And and you know what? You're not going to be able to do anything about it because you got nothing set up to punish teams. The smartest guy I know who has ran the NCAA tournament, he 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 just texted me. He's 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 the smartest guy. When he makes, he's on all kind of committees for all kind of conferences. Every commissioner in the country uses him. He just sent me a text. He goes, hey, Dan, the NCAA is worried they haven't been sued enough. That's why they're digging into the NIL. They're, they want to be sued more. Sue them more. You got to play it out. I mean, what, we've got, we've got investigations <laughs> going on in the basketball right now that are kind of a muck, you know, and trying to figure out those situations, especially down here in the South, crazy things going on at, you know, at LSU and you got Auburn and other schools like that. But now the NCAA wants to get involved in this part too. And even when some states don't even have regulation, Dan, on how this is run, like that's the biggest thing too. Like they kind of said, okay, we'll leave it up to the states to do something. Well, okay, now you've got states like Ohio and Alabama and whatnot are coming in now and saying, okay, well, schools can now do some things to steer, not steer players, but in a sense, give guidance on NIL. And it's not just third parties outside the building trying to get these recruits to come in. It, it's a wild world, world in the NIL right now. And you know what? Until some parameters set, you're going to see what we're seeing. And that's a lot of money going towards recruits and going towards current players of rosters. 
But you and I were talking off air. This has not made a lot of college coaches happy. A lot of them are skipping town and headed to the NBA if the opportunity presents specifically because of the NIL, no? Yeah, they are. And I mean, I've spoken with a, a, a number of assistant coaches in the NFL um, that have left the college football game. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing, too, is the lifestyle in the NFL compared to college football. Uh, you're not at the office until 2 a.m. waiting for the crazy head coach to leave so you can finally go home where you try to make yourself, you know, look good. Um, I, I think, you know, also it's in the NFL. You know, I was talking to one assistant coach, and you know what? He's home by 6 o'clock. He's not dealing with, with these these recruits every single night and having his second phone and talking till 2 o'clock in the morning about these crazy NIL deals and, hey, coach, how much money can I make if you're coming to your school? What can you guys do to make a difference on this? How much can you guys pay me compared to what Clemson is offering or what Clemson has said out there? This has changed a lot of things when it comes to college football. And I think a lot of it has to do with coaching. You know, you look at yesterday with Georgia, you know, Matt Luke decided to step down. That, that's been talked about for a minute now. You know, Matt Luke is a, a prominent coach, especially offensive line coach. He's fantastic. But he put in there he wants to spend more time with his family. Uh, Tennessee had a wide receivers coach dip out yesterday and go to the NFL. We've seen numerous coaches. Liam Cohen from Kentucky is probably going back to the L.A. Rams. We'll see if they finalize that. The biggest thing, Dan, is when you're dealing with the NIL, the school's technically not supposed to be involved in this. But let's be real honest with each other. What do you think these recruits are calling these assistant coaches and asking about at midnight? They're not asking about, hey, what's the meal plan like at the university? They're asking about how much money can you give me to come to your school? So a lot of the coaches are tired of it right now and they're trying to find different avenues and that avenue is the NFL. Um, do you believe that, you know, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what not to believe. So do you believe that Texas A&M spent $30 million in NIL money, or however you want to phrase it, whether it was Texas A&M, Boosters, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher had nothing to do with it, How, however you want to go about it. Do you believe that number? I, I think the number is a little high, but I think the number sits around probably 15 to 20 uh, when you really look at it. I, I think that Texas A&M did – was very smart in this. Uh, they, they got outside, and a lot of schools are doing this, by the way. They got their outside collectives. And this is a group of boosters or donors or marketing reps that come together and they put together a large, big old truckload of cash. And they say, okay, here's all of our money. I think with Texas A&M and what they did was smart is they were pretty far ahead of this thing when it came to NIL and the money they amount of raised. Um, it's very easy. Look, there's so much oil money down there right now in the College Station area. It's it's not hard to raise millions of dollars. I think when it comes to the the signing class, you know, you heard Lane Kiffin uh, really going at Jimbo Fisher, then Jimbo going at Lane Kiffin about this. Here's my biggest thing: like, it's okay to admit that NIL helped you. Like, this is a part of college football now. You don't have to run for it. I get that you want to say, hey. My assistant coaches did a hell of a job on the recruiting trail. You can say that and also say, hey, our NIL collective and the amount of money that we've raised, it's tops in the country. And that's where I think Jimbo Fisher kind of lost everybody with his message when he was sitting there blaming everybody else for writing articles about how much money they spent. 
when it's reality. I've talked I've talked to recruits around the country. I know how much money some of these these kids are getting offered to go play at these colleges. And and and, and it gets to a point, Dan, where if they don't set themselves up, and I mean these colleges, if they don't set themselves up to make it look like that they're putting on that effort in the public eye, you can only do so much behind the scenes and over the cell phone. So some schools embrace it. Some schools want to act like it's not going on. And the schools that do embrace it are the going to ones that succeed. I was talking to Dan Wetzel yesterday uh, of Yahoo, and he made a point that in the people he's talked to, one of the reasons coaches are downplaying this a little bit is because their returning guys didn't get the money that the guys coming in did. Like, I'm a junior. I've played pretty well, and I'm not getting the cash that all these recruits are. That pisses me off. Are you seeing yeah, any of that? I am. And I've seen that at a level where, you know, you let's just, you know, you kind of pointed out, but let's just say you got a, a star wide receiver, had a great year last year, or a quarterback that came out of yeah. nowhere. And uh, let's just say, you know, he, he's being offered six figures when it comes to NIL deals. Well, then they come to find out, you know, through the grapevine or actually talking to the folks that the recruit that's coming on to campus, the freshman, the 18 year old that hadn't been in, hadn't stepped in the weight room yet is already being offered, you know, six figures over a, a period of time to come to the university. So you've got a star player like, wait a minute, I've busted my rear end out here. I have, I right. have made myself a prominent figure in this town, but the kid that's coming in is making more than I do. That's where the NIL is going to get a little iffy when it comes to these contracts and how they're negotiated with teams is, you know, what are we offering our current players that are stars, but what are we trying to offer the future stars of our team? And, and, and when we get down that road, it gets a little muddy and feelings get hurt. And, uh, but that's just the way college football is now. I, I think like, look at Stetson Bennett, Dan Stetson. And I wrote about Stetson Bennett this morning with a conversation he had Kirby smart ad with Mike Krzyzewski. When you look at what Stetson Bennett was able to do by coming back this year and the amount of money he's going to be able to make as the face of Georgia football, it's going to pale in comparison to what some of these recruits are getting. But he's earned that right to make that type of money. And so if we're sitting here and that guy is making high six figures, and I'm talking over 500000 maybe up near a million dollars, you can't. we can't be the back and forth where we're complaining about what the recruits get compared to what the current athletes get, because we have to go by what the market looks like. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the next couple of years, because there's a lot of players at A&M, Alabama, you name them, that are signing these, these NIL deals outside of the university. And now we have to see if they can live up to their five-star statue. And if not, does that money keep flowing in? That's another key thing to watch. You got to really love a program to pay somebody six figures from your business if you're not getting the return on that six figures. And and look, I get it. There's a lot of guys at six figures doesn't mean jack squat to. I, I understand that, but you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if at some point guys are going to go, wait a second, I didn't get a return on this other than I got to bring the kid over for dinner. But a lot of times that's enough, right? Particularly in I mean, the South. Dan, you know, Look, here, here's the craziest part about this. Like, Tennessee was Tennessee was under NCAA investigation, kind of still are, for something that technically is now legal in a sense. Now, 
it wasn't legal how Tennessee went about doing it. But when you look at it now, look at the amount of money that's being spent on these recruits. And I agree with you. I talked to somebody yesterday in the state of Alabama, and we were talking about Auburn and how this was going to play out when it comes to the future in their program and when it comes to the players. And you've got some of these Auburn players that are sitting here and they're making six figures and they're getting promised this money. Okay, but what happens when the, the, the first, second game comes around next season and that player is sitting on the bench and he was passed up by somebody else? You've got a contract now. So how do these local businesses or these apartment complexes that are paying for student athletes, you know, to, to stay there and they'll promote it on Instagram and whatnot and go forth. But the biggest thing, Dan, is are you getting the return? And the return is, you know, for some of these big donors, and you know this, they'll sign an NIL deal for a kid to come to a birthday party or an autograph signing, and that'll right. be fine. You know why? Because that big donor gets to say, hey, hey, guys, I gave uh, I gave this amount of money. You had a player come over for a birthday party, sign some autographs. A lot of it has to do with word of mouth, Dan, and uh, we're getting to that point where the old boosters – they used to give all that money. Now they're trying to figure out how they can do it when it comes to NIL. And I promise you, the people that are running this stuff, they're like, hey, give me everything. I'll take all your money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing before I only got a couple minutes here, real quick, is is Auburn, you mentioned Auburn. Is Auburn stable now? Are we good <laughs> at Auburn? Is everything going okay no. now? It's not stable right? at Auburn. No. It's not stable at Auburn. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how you can – you know, how they're going to be able to go on the recruiting trail and say everything's fine. I mean, pretty much, God loving Brian Harson. it's kind of like a dead man walking type of situation here. You know, how how do you – every I, – I talked to two assistant coaches in the Southeastern Conference the other day, and they, and they pointed it out. You know, a lot of coaches came after Tennessee because of the NCAA investigation. So they were telling recruits not to go there because they're going to get a bowl ban, they're going to ban whatever. How do you think these coaches are going to treat Auburn on the recruiting trail? Hey, don't go there. Brian Harson's not going to be there after next year. Look at all that dysfunction down there. That's what's going to kill them when it comes to recruiting. And then also, let's be honest, the big boy donors down in Auburn have planted their flag. They didn't get it by this time, but I promise you, if he comes out and wins six games next season, they'll make sure he's out of Auburn, and he'll get a, he'll get a nice sum of money on the way out. Yeah, that's the – Charles Barkley's like – he came on my show and he was talking about it. He goes, you know, Auburn boosters, when they want you out, man, they want you out. And, you know, we, with Gene Chizik, right? I mean, they got his ass out after a national championship. And I mean, they, this I, – I, I said my question to you kind of tongue-in-cheek because I kind of knew the answer. Hey, great stuff today, Trey, man. I got to have you on all the time. Let's go. This is great. This is fun conversation. Thank you for the time this Dan, morning. Dan, I've had Thank a great you. time, buddy. We got conference tournaments of basketball, March Madness starting up, and I'm, I'm all here for it. So thanks for having me, buddy. My pleasure, man. That was that was terrific. That was great. Um, college football never goes away, and the arrogance of the NIL, not the NIL stuff, of the college football playoff is it's just glorious. It's just like everybody and their mother knows they're going to go to 12 games. I mean, what are we doing? You know what I mean? I mean, what? <laughs> man, a uh, lot of people coming at Doug Gottlieb and me and Seth Greenberg and every middle-aged white guy <laughs> because we didn't bend the knee and say that Juwan Howard, by punching an assistant, 
of the other team is the right thing to do. Bobby Knight did it. Remember, all these ESPNers and all these different guys across the country in the media and on Twitter have been telling us for years, the world has changed. The world has changed in the last couple of years. Uh, Well, okay. The world has changed. All right. Well, guess what? The world has changed, I guess. But Bobby Knight, 25 years ago, is still the standard by which... Uh, when it needs to be defended, we go defend it. Morons. Uh, anyway, I'm going to talk to uh, Doug Gottlieb. Nobody is better. In fact, there are very few people that I pay attention to in college basketball. There are basically three. Fran Frisella, Doug Gottlieb, and Seth Greenberg. Whatever that says about me, I'm sorry. It does, but I can't get behind the, the training wheels. And I can't listen to announcers that don't tell me anything. Well, you know, I think that that was a foul. (laughs) That's like every guy now. Uh, An unbelievable statement by the Wisconsin AD must be discussed. I'm going to put it on full screen for you uh, and talk to Doug Gottlieb about the suspensions, about where Jawan Howard goes from here. Is Gonzaga the best team in the country? I don't know. Are the suspensions enough? Good by me. I thought the apologies were great by everybody. We'll be right back with Doug. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, welcome back. It's Don't At Me. I tell you all the time, I don't listen to very many people when it comes to college basketball. I mean, you got a lot of former players. You got training wheels at ESPN and trying to get guys ready to be announcers. And, you know, but I do listen to Doug Gottlieb. I listen to Fran Frischel and I listen to Seth Greenberg. And that's... That's about it. But, Doug, nice enough to join us now. Hey, uh, when you first saw the incident with Jawan Howard crabbing off guard, what did you think? You know, it's interesting, Double D. I was I had just got done coaching a game. Um, I did Duke, Florida State on radio Saturday night. So Sunday morning I flew out super early to try and get back to coach uh, my son's team in a game. And I missed one. I got the last one. We didn't play very well. We ended up losing. Couldn't make any shots. So we're getting ready to shake hands with the other team. And and it's funny. I They came come over to me and I said, well, you got your ass whooped. Go shake their hands. Look them in the eye. Say good game. Shake their hand. Because there was a player on the other team who had played for my team. And um, the relationships weren't great. So, and my son turns to me and he's 12 and he says, dad, can I go to Mamba's house? His best friend's nickname is the Mexican Mamba. I said, are you kidding me? We just lost the game. Get in line, shake hands, and then get outside and we'll talk as a team. And then we'll we'll talk about, so we go outside and he's, dad, why, why are you upset at me? What did I do? 
I said, bro, when you when you lose a game, it's like disrespectful to the game to be worrying about all these other things. Just shake hands, take a breath, think about what you learned from the game, and then we can go on about our day, right? So literally, this is happening in, in real time, Double D. I, uh, God is my witness. So I get done talking to the team. I look at my phone, and it is blown up. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? So I saw it, and I... I thought the same thing then. I think now I thought about 95% of the coaches in college basketball would be fired if they did that. They, they would. And I, I think, I actually think that's a wrong thing, right? That we, the knee jerk that we, that we can get into that. When I saw it, that's what I thought. Like, are you kidding me? You take a swing and another coach. I'd never seen that one. People say to me because I was with Bob Knight, well, you've seen that. No, I've never I've never seen on a court a guy take a swing. What did you think uh, about the suspension? You know, five games, a fine, that kind of thing. What did you think? Feels like it was negotiated. Um, I thought, I mean, like, look, I would have just said he's done for the year. Like, when I'm done for the year, I mean done for the year. Like, we don't see you until next year. I think that would have that, – that's probably the right. But, you know, the rest of the regular season – the, the problem is that every suspension is measured against the previous suspension. So, I, you know, is it a little light? Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. A coach of Michigan, the head coach of Michigan, took a swing at another coach on national TV. Not, nothing. You can tell me all this other crap. That really happened on, on CBS. And, and, like, people were trying to justify it. He tried to justify it. Um. Yeah, that, that was – and then, you know, I, I even think that the fact that he didn't apologize immediately after, like, you didn't – you're having a press conference, and you didn't think in that moment, holy crap, I could lose everything, right? That this is – that was wrong. That was – ooh, that was bad. Like, the fact that he didn't take a breath, and I, just mind-blowing to me, really mind-blowing. Do you th- – you said you thought 95% of coaches would be fired. Why do you think he wasn't? Because he's Juwan Howard. You know, I think he has – I think he has positive equity uh, in the basketball world. I think he has positive equity in the real world. I mean, he's, he's seen – despite his actions, which, which it, it feels like he tries to bully people, officials and other coaches. He just seems to lose his mind. And we all know people that do that, though, that nicest guy in the world – Ball goes up, and whether as a player or as a coach, they just have a level of nastiness. Like, look, you can be competitive, but there's a level there. Um, but I think it's because it's Juwan Howard. I also think, you know, there's the there's the the, the racial implication there. That it's undeniable that in this aspect, if a white coach swung in a black assistant, there's no question in 2022 he'd be gone. Now, again, I'm going to point out both are wrong. Like, the, the justice has to be equal. I don't. I don't think we're there yet. I, th- I think we're. I think we're trending in the right direction. I think in the real world of, for most parts, hiring and firing of coaches, it's it's become a meritocracy, um, and and I guess you could say this is his first offense. I don't really think it is. Um, I also think that 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 we, we do this thing where we want to teach people with college, but we kind of want to lecture people or punish people when they're coaches. It's a, it's a weird one to me, like. I, I think one, I, I don't think firing him is the right thing anyway, because um, it's just like sitting him down for the rest of the year would have been the smart thing. It just would have. 
I honestly think if a player hauls off and punched a kid in in uh, handshake lines, that just you know just goes and punches a dude, I think the it would have been much worse. It would have been about the about a similar suspension. And so if he's a head coach, it should have been a little bit harsher. It should have been the rest of the season, and that should have been the teachable moment. Here, here's one thing that I, I I can't stand. Like you coach. You've coached overseas, you know, um, Dick Vitale coach, I coach. When you coach, you, you treat everybody the same. Like, I remember having a kid named Keith McLeod who was a great player, African-American kid, say, Coach, I love you forever because you're the first white guy that ever yelled at me. I thought the media reaction was asinine. Like, I caught so much racist crap from people. I saw the ESPNers using those code words. Well, Dan, you know, it's interesting that you say – I don't think I I I I I know you catch it too. You, me, and whoever doesn't just simply say, "Well, you know, so and so is correct or the other guy's wrong." I, I find this fascinating in this world because I'll not stop as a coach. You taught, or not taught? You just do. You treat everybody the same. And Juwan Howard's actions were horse bleep, and it, you can defend it all you want, like. Damian Woody put out, well, Jawan Howard ain't about that action. And I'm like, well, the action is to slap over the top of two guys and run and hide? I mean, you know, and then I got killed from it because I'm showing my, quote, true colors. I know you deal with this. What do you think about the reaction? I think it's I think it's really sad and embarrassing. I, I just do. I mean. I agree. You know, it, it's honestly, it's the saddest thing. And it happens every time. Like, look, I, I mean, Clay knows this. The Outkick guys know this. I, I'm not. I'm not politically aligned with with OutKick or with anybody. I come on with you, or if I do anything mention Clay, immediately I'm a racist or the best is I'm a white supremacist. Like, hey, I'm I'm that's the I, new one. I'm, Jew- that's I'm Jewish. One. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm Jewish. I don't know if you know that white supremacists aren't exactly down with down with our plan. Um, I I think the best way to handle it, like. It still bothers me, like calling somebody who actually treats people fairly, um, who who loves helping people, especially right. in sports. Calling somebody racist is is disgusting and disgraceful because it's a, just such a you can't. How can I prove to you that I'm not a racist? You know, I have to lay down and 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 be sorry for any racist of the past or the present, like or. I can just be me and give you fair and honest opinions. You know, like I'll give you one. So Deion Sanders uh, signs, you know, a five-star kid. And I just said, like, all of Twitter is applauding a mistake, you know? And, you know, I I backed it up by saying, like, look, the problem with the HBCUs in football and in basketball is they're not even close in terms of of funding. You know, you've had players leave schools because they felt like, they weren't properly funded. You don't have the same facilities. You don't have the same trainers. You don't have the same depth of, of help. You know, I, I've done Southern's game in the NCAA tournament, and the assistant coach was like, do you know that we're also their academic advisors? I was like, what? Like, yeah. We do academics. We get them up. We have guys that live in the dorms. Like, you name it. And, and the point is that saying that a school, like an HBCU, isn't well-funded and a kid shouldn't turn down like the University of Georgia, where you have an incredible amount of resources, and the likelihood of success is better. I'm not a Georgia alum. I don't care about Georgia football. I'm just talking about kids and what gives them the best chance to succeed in life. If you can play at Georgia in football right now, you go play at Georgia in football right now. Right? That gives you a stronger likelihood of playing in the National Football League, of practicing against 
the best of the best of the best every day of being coached by the best of being seen more often. And somehow that comes across as racist. We're like, dude, what? How does that have anything to do with race? I don't, you know, so then to this one, like, oh, well, if you don't, so I, I just, I don't understand how the race card is the first card. To me, that's the very, very last thing that plays into it. Greg Gard didn't get into it with Juwan Howard, neither because either's white, one's white, one's black. <laughs> it was Michigan got their ass kicked. Okay, Michigan was pressing late. Even yesterday when Juwan, you know, tried to make ex- well, we weren't pressing, we were pressuring. What do you think pressing is short for, dude? I, what? What, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, that didn't happen because one's black, one's white. They're basketball coaches. They're fired up after a game. And Juwan Howard cannot seem to control his emotion. This is a problem for him. Okay? He's got to learn from it immediately. That said, race had nothing to do with it. Race, I believe, you could tell me, has nothing to do with your opinions, has nothing to do with my opinions. I guess words opinions. And you know what? If it involves a black person, it involves a black person. If it involves a white person, it involves a white person. Period. I mean, I, I've said this forever. Where I grew up in Gary, Indiana, my father was a principal of a school that had everybody except rich people. Black, white, Hispanic, poor. I mean, and I get it. You know, you, if you speak from a position of that, of just, hey, look, I'm just going to tell you honestly, and you do it with a background, man, are you a bad guy? I'll give you one. Uh, Juwan Howard, he bullied an ESPN uh, announcer that we both know who really doesn't want his name said, he gave him the old, he threw him out, then lied about it later and said, well, I thought you were a cameraman. Well, I'm going to tell you the guy off air. And if you think it was a cameraman, then God bless you. And then he menacingly, I guess I wasn't there, but I was told when Adam say, hey, you giving me lip? Cause the guy's like, Juwan, what are you doing? He goes, you giving me lip and kind of, you don't do Was that. that. Pra- at I practice? Mean, I, look, you want to practice out, or a shoot around? Yeah. A shoot around. At a shoot around that he was invited to by Tom Weirot, the SID. So, so here's here's a question. This is an honest question that you can answer, that most people can't. Why do you think he's behaving this way? Just he. I, think, I mean, listen, and, and, and I think you get as a coach. I think as a coach, you get full of yourself. I think as a coach, you become, and we've seen this. I saw it with Coach Knight. Uh, you get to where you are Teflon. You get to where you control everything because – and now Knight won three national championships. And I, I mean, Knight may have done it before he won national championships, but I wasn't there. I don't know. I know after the 87 thing, he became – I'm not – you know. And I just think coaches do that. I, 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 I call it the mount. They get on the mount. And, and it's not just Juwan. It's – Shoot, like I said, it's Coach Knight. I, uh, Samson got that way in the year that I worked with him until it became obvious that this was going to go the other way. I, I've seen it. And it's, again, this isn't black or white. This is just, this is what I see, Doug, from, from my experience. No, I, 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 Hell, I'm not so sure. I didn't, I didn't do that. Yeah, no, that. Go ahead. Well, there's a couple things. I mean, Kelvin, I think, is an amazing coach. We used to, we used to call him Naismith. You know, invented the game. You know, you guys get that Naismith complex where they have they have right. some success and they think they invented the game. Right? You, are we? I think this is the first time we're openly sharing the Naismith complex. Um, so that's one thing. <laughs> I also think 
that there's certain defensiveness that's uh oh. Hey Dylan, can we try can we try to get Doug back? Oh man. Hey Dylan, let's hang up and try to get Doug back. Can we do that? All right, we're gonna go. I, I I apologize. Doug just broke up on us, so we're gonna we're gonna move on. If we get him back and we can hear him, we'll go back to it. Uh, but I did have a couple other things that I wanted to talk to Doug about. One of which is what happens with Michigan moving forward. Uh, Phil Martelli's a good coach. Phil Martelli's a really good coach, and maybe. All right, you better. All right, go ahead. I didn't I didn't catch the last couple of minutes. Okay. Um. We were talking about the uh, the Naismith complex, yeah, and yes. then you okay. were going on, but okay. I didn't okay, hear here you. Here we go. I'll get to a good spot here. Stop. Um, I mean, so look, we're, we're discussing the, the Naismith complex, which, which guys do get. They get a little success, and they think they invented the sport. Right? That, but there, there does seem to be a little something different because, to one, if you, if you talk to people, everybody likes him. Like, Oh, he's a good dude. He's a great dude. And I, I, I've had very few interactions with him, but none of them have been bad, but they haven't necessarily been you know, during the context of a basketball game. So I, I guess the question is, is there defensiveness there because he's replacing Beeline because of the pressure of trying to, you know, live up and, and improve uh, and, and actually win, you know, with the five, Fab Five that did a lot of things. Uh, left is, it resonates, I, I, but, but didn't win anything. I don't know, but it's just, there does seem to be a different level of, I would say defensiveness or maybe almost bullying with him on the sidelines that I'm really surprised to see. And I don't know, I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. I'm going to put up a, uh, Dylan, I'm going to put up an apology that, that, uh, Juwan had, and I'm going to put up the apology or the, the acceptance or whatever you want to call it, from Wisconsin. Um, I know you saw the the apology by Howard and the uh, president. What did you think of that? I mean, I thought it was fine. I mean, except for the fact that it's Joe Kravenhoff and not Joel Kravenhoff. I thought <laughs> right. was... they did. I did get an email. They did repair that. But okay, I got. I got he it. also didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't apologize to guard. He didn't apologize to guard, you know, and then that's true. He, he yeah. didn't apologize to guard, which maybe he doesn't feel like. He, and and look, the, the other part to it is the Wisconsin guys. They're kind of seen as Naismith guys. Now let's let's just be honest. And guard kind of went Naismith complex on us after the game. Well, he doesn't know the rule, and I just tried to explain to him the rule. Like, dude, even if he didn't know the rule. Really, you called time. You couldn't have taken a ten-second count. You couldn't have just said get the ball in. Or even if you called timeout, just like the previous timeout where you sub guys in, you could have called timeout and go, "All right, we just want to reset the, the ten-second count." Right? He, he could. The Wisconsin guys guard. You know, those guys they got a little Naismith to them as well. So let's not. But I thought the apology was interesting that guard wasn't mentioned. You know, and that 
while it while it felt like it checked the most of the right boxes, you know, again, when you have social media, when you're the head coach of Michigan, you got traditional media, you can't just grab a phone and go like, hey, Juan Howard. I mean, I you had you had all day after the incident on Sunday to do it. Hey, I just want to apologize for the incident that took place. No way do we want that to represent the university. That's it. We're good. I need to be better. That's good, but he didn't. It just that's that's the part that I don't want to. I, I try not to criticize how people apology apologize, how they mourn, right? How they pray, try it. But you sit there and go like, yeah. Again, kind of like the suspension. <laughs> kind of like the suspension. Fine. Could have been a little better. I'm going to put up the Wisconsin. Did you see this this morning from Wisconsin? I did. I did. It was last night. What did you, what did you think? You know, now we've gotten into the competitiveness of athletics. This is us. This is Wisconsin saying, like, we didn't do anything wrong. Like, sorry, we didn't do anything wrong. Right. You know? That's what they're, that's what they're saying. We didn't do anything wrong. And I think um, when you watch the slow-mo video I've had took place, I, I do. I, I don't think – I mean – Greg Gard did not walk over there with any bad intentions. And, you know, th- this whole idea, oh, he grabbed him. He gra- First of all, you think he's going to go up and grab Juwan Howard? Like, that's really going to happen? What, what are we, like, what? You know? So he grabs his elbow to try and stop him. As every, by the way, this is the first time I've seen, don't the head coaches usually lead the handshake lines? Isn't that usually what happens? Buzzer sounds, head coaches shake hands. Even if they have an issue, they sit there and kind of hash it out right there at midcourt. Isn't that usually what happens? So Gard had no usually. had no problem shaking hands with anybody else. Everybody else was fine. Juan Howard. So I, I just, like, look, this is about just being accountable. It, it doesn't mean I, I'm not one of these guys, like, off of this head, fire him. Um, but, and, and that's... That's what you point out. You point out the the media guys. It's like it's like Desmond Howard. Like, dude, if you can't tell you you can't tell that a Michigan guy was wrong. All I have to say was he was wrong. You know? You're just you lose any credibility. If you can't be honest and be on some level neutral of a, on something like this because somebody you know or the school that you love, then just don't say anything. Just recuse yourself of it. Hey man, I'm too close to it. Otherwise, you just got to say it like it is. And what it is, it's a joke. Dude, the head coach of Michigan took a swing and an assistant coach of Wisconsin on TV. And, and people were like, we should, we should eliminate handshake lines. That's, that, that's your immediate reaction? Your immediate reaction is, what the hell's the matter with Juwan Howard? It's, I mean, <laughs> he played in the NBA for over a decade. There's one rule in fights in the NBA. You don't throw punches. That's it. That's the only rule. Everybody who plays basketball knows, like, that's why basketball fights are the worst. Because guys, hold me back. Hold me back. And nobody throws a punch, right? Hockey guys <laughs> punch each other. Football idiots. They got helmets on each other. They punch each other. They know if they throw a punch, okay, they're gone. Everybody knows you throw a punch, you're gone. So the guy who's been in the NBA, played the absolute peak, okay, been in the NBA forever, and then played at the highest level in college, is coach, and he swings, and we're like, Handshake lines. That's our, that's, I, I don't, what world are we living in, Double D, that people think the best part of sports is, is the lessons that you learn. 
That's it. The, the best part, like what, what Izzo said yesterday is exactly what I said is exactly what everyone truly should believe, which is you get your ass kicked. You walk over there and you don't have to, you don't have to be super sincere. You just have a good game, good game, right? Like you take it like a man. That's what you do. And then you, you use that fire the next day or that night to get you back in the gym to figure out what you did wrong. And the next time you see that guy, to kick that guy's ass. Because then when you shake his hand, he's got that little limp noodle. And nothing like the limp noodle when you're walking down like, oh, man, you got us, right? That, that's, the, that's the best. He, Izzo was talking about all the things he does, nice and handshake lines. Any sudden, it was the best, okay? When, like Kevin Durant, when they played that uh, several over, I think three overtime game, he used to do this to everybody, all the great players. He'd shake your hand. <laughs> A kid be a freshman or a sophomore is like, man, it's been really good competing against you. Best of luck at the next level. <laughs> he used to try and get him to go pro. Every single one of them. It was amazing. <laughs> but damn it, you better shake hands. Like, look, these rules are not hard, right? Get up, go to class, right? Sit in the first couple rows. Be on the practice court 15 minutes early. Hey, have good energy and enthusiasm about you. Know what you're doing. Know what you're supposed to know. Play how you're supposed to play. Give me everything you possibly have. If you turn the ball over, go get it back to the other end. And at the end of the game, hey, you get on that line, and if you get your butt kicked, shake hands, get in the locker room, we'll talk about it. This is not this is not rocket science. If it was rocket science, Double D, you know who would be on the sidelines? Rocket scientists. They're not. Basketball coaches. <laughs> shake hands. Yeah, I, I I loved all that. I hate the handshake line. I want to Why? When I played, we didn't have a handshake. Why? Because when I played, we didn't have a handshake. I'm just telling you. We, you didn't have a hand. It's all crap. Uh, I, when I played, you just went over and saw your buddy say, man, I'll see you next week. Or, the whole drama of this build's character, I personally, you differ. Izzo can differ. Everybody can differ. My opinion don't matter. I get it, but it's my opinion. I hated it. I hated it when I won. I hated it when I lost. I thought it was crap. I thought it was childish. I thought it was great schoolish. When I played, we didn't have a handshake line. NBA don't have a handshake line. Hey, good seeing you. We won. You won. It, it did. The handshake line had zero to do with character building sports. Everybody acts like the only time that you can have sportsmanship is in a freaking handshake line. Handshake line, my ass. I got my ass kicked. I'll never forget. I went over, hugged Jimmy Bullock, my high school teammate who played at Purdue. See you next guy. Hey, fuck. A handshake line had nothing to do with being a man, I think, I think, being a sportsman. I think, I think a good portion of it is. I was told. A good portion of it is. I was told to do that by some soccer mom. That's all it No, we're me. not doing the tunnel. Period. We're not doing the tunnel. Not the tunnel. Go through the tunnel. The tunnel. What? You know, the, the tunnel that they make for little kids. You know when they when they play soccer. That's all it is. I did, I just hey, here's look, the handshake I, line. I just, I just, here I it disagree. is. Hey 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 hey. That's all it is. So I used to stop guys. Say man, good, just to piss them off. I think if if that develops me as a man, then I suck. If that developed my son as a man, the handshake line, then I'm a horse shit dad. Well. I get well, it. Here's here, let me let me, that, let me hey, treat women I, right. I think I can so, I, go I ahead. can partially turn you. And partially, can I partially turn it? And I think here's the point that... No, it's impossible. Well, no, I don't. Just give me a second. Well, I'll never forget when it... Give me a second. No, but I dealt with this when it first I, came I understand. In, and I'm like, this is the stupidest I, thing. I, I understand. Okay, I understand. But, but let me let me, let me me try and tell you on something. Okay? 
Okay. The issue is that everything else that we're pushing towards with college athletes is the elimination or the lessening of any sort of personal self-discipline, right? That, that's what we're doing. You don't have to have, even to go to school now, you don't have to have personal self-discipline, right? Like you used to have 8 a.m. classes. They suck. You have to get up. Now, like, dude, everybody takes stuff online. What are you kidding? There's no, we, we, don't, we don't demand personal self-discipline of young, of young men. And when you get out on your own, it, it, it's, a, it's a beast. And this is, so I, I understand your perspective. I'm going to disagree with it. But that's if you stand it alone. If it's just, yeah. if it's only, if it's just by yourself. Because back when you played, no, you didn't shake hands, but everything else about your experience taught you all the little things in life that would help you, okay? Whereas I think we, we continue to lessen that part of the process. And this is one of the kind of last bastions of trying to teach people. Maybe not sportsmanship. I actually think it just teaches you more. You got to learn how to win. You got to learn how to lose, right? And that's, that's what this one's about. From the handshake yeah. line? Yeah. It sucks. Hey, shaking, you, guys give, shaking somebody's, you guys give a hand. Shaking somebody's hand after they kicked your ass sucks. It's the worst. And shaking somebody's hand you don't like. Shaking someone's hand when you beat their ass sucks. Oh, I See, disagree with that. Watching, I disagree with that looking one. At, I disagree with that one. Athletes, all right, hey, I'm buddy, say, good game. Hey, buddy. Here's the handshake line. The here's the handshake line. Here, here it is. Here's the handshake line. Good game. 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 That's all it is. Yes. It's idiotic. I used to go about one third of the way through and say, screw this. I ain't talking. I'm, I'm, what am I wasting my time for? And I'd go in. If I need the handshake line to teach me discipline in the man, then God bless you. The handshake line blows. It should be eliminated and the world would be a better place. Men would learn how to be men by either talking to their enemy or not, one way or the uh, other. I get, I get, I get, I just, I, there's nobody can convince me. I did it for 25 years. It's the worst shit okay. ever. I got, I got, I got, I got to go in a second, but I, I do want to circle back to the Juwan punishment. Okay, I do believe. Please. One of the things that we need to do a better job of in in laying down punishment is it's the thing you learn as a, as a father, which is take away the thing that they like best, right? That that and that the rule of parenting 101 is like you got to take something away. You got to take away. You know, if you, if you if your kid gets in trouble, you go, you can't read before bedtime. The kid's like, oh, awesome. So I do think that here's one of the places that the suspension came up short. I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament, but he shouldn't coach the NCAA tournament. Right? That that should. I agree that, with that. That that shouldn't happen. Now he's going to, but that's where the that that's where there should have been a hey, look, we're going to do the five games. That's why I just think it's easy if you do the rest of the year. The he shouldn't coach the NCAA tournament. I agree with that. I, I do. I do agree with that. I do. Hey, man, I know you're busy. Thanks for coming on. I know it's early over there. Where are you going? What are you I, doing? I, Why are you out? And about? I, well, I was going to take the dogs to the park and I get coffee. And then I got another uh, Zoom with uh, Eno Connor talking about Knight's book. So, I mean, not Knight's book, his book about uh, Coach K. Oh, yeah. His book about Coach K, who apparently loves the uh, drop MF bombs, which I love that that's finally come out. That's amazing. Shocker. I love the fact that I've got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have enough. I'm starting to defend my old boss because the dude's like in his 80s. He's got dementia. And then here comes Ian O'Connor and Krzyzewski writing a book, making him look bad. I mean, how about we just let Bob Knight live his life out? Yeah, I mean, look, we, we both know that he's, he was an incredibly it, – it, it, it lacks the context. 
you know, I, again, I haven't read the book and I'm about to talk to Ian about it, but lacks context of it. And let's yeah. also be honest, like Mike Krzyzewski's done some things, I'm sure, to some former players and former coaches that aren't great. There's some people that get out of the circle, you know? I, I was, I, I have been oh, yeah. in and out of the circle at times. Just, there's, there's a lot more to it than just isolated incidents and how things go, how things go poorly. Look, Bob Knight was far from perfect, far from perfect, but there was a lot of good there. Um, there's a, uh, there's a lot of good there. So I, I'm, I'm with you. And ESPN, you'll understand this. ESPN got mad at me when I was working there because they did the 30 on 30. Yeah. And I said, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not going to be involved. I, you guys, I know what you're going to do. You're going to make Neil read out to be a victim, which he wasn't. You're going to make Knight look to be horrible, and, and you know, Lee Fitting and the guys like, oh, you really got to do this. I go, you can have, you know, I think Skipper was the president. I said, you can have Skipper. You can have your lawyers. You can fire me tomorrow, but I ain't doing it. I've just had enough. I mean, I, you know, everything you did 40 years ago. Now all of a sudden, I don't know. I'm sure it's a great book, and well, I'll probably that's what's read it. I'll probably read it. They're the ones that hired him. Right, 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 right. Uh, Ian's book's good, but he ain't as good as you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, thanks for a half hour this morning. It's great stuff. You're the best. Did I lose him? You're the best. God leaves the best. I'm telling you, I don't listen to you guys. Every game, you guys tell me, well, this announcer's great. My ass, announcing this year has sucked. Now, I got to be careful that I don't say it. I mean, you know, because it makes it sound like sour grace, but I'm not going to lie to you. It is horrible. I mean, does ESPN, did they forget? Like, you're supposed to say a couple things. You're supposed to say why something happened, and you're supposed to forecast. All I hear out of literally every announcer is, well, you know, he went to the rim, and look at this shot. I was listening to some clown. Oh, my God. But I best not talk about it because then it's sour grace. But I got to tell you, I've been asked to do some games. I've said no because I like my Saturdays. Anyway, I got some hot takes coming in college basketball when we come back. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know, a little fun, you know, USA can be mad. You all mommies and daddies can be mad at me all you'd like about my take on the handshake line. I don't give a shit. It is childish. It is for grade school kids. It is not for adults. There is literally nothing about it, and I mean zero <clears throat> about it, that is about sportsmanship. <laughs> That's all a handshake line is. I don't give a damn if, you know, I'm positive about sports. I got some idiot. The Dockage attitude is part of the problem. No, Dockage coached kids. I know the problem. The problem is idiot parents. We're not asking for the tunnel. Respecting each other and appreciating the healthy competition is not bad. Who says because you don't go in a handshake line that you don't respect somebody? We didn't have a handshake line. I always shook hands with a lot of dudes after the game, man. Great game. Great. What? Because we don't line up and go, hey, hey, 
<laughs> That's all it is. So this idiot, Fun Eno, Fun Nino USA, Fun Nino California, kiss my ass. I'll tell you right now, post-game NFL and humility at the end of the game is a good close. Eh, no one's saying it's not. But a handshake line ain't it, bro. They don't have a handshake line in the NBA. They don't have a handshake line in Major League Baseball. They don't have a handshake line in the NFL. What are you talking about? The handshake line is the singly, if you need a handshake line to prove you're a good sport, you're an idiot. If you need a handshake line because it's about being a man, you're an idiot. Being a man is treating women right. Being a man is showing up on time for your job. Being a man is treating all people with respect. Being a man is not, watch the handshake line. Shut up. You know, I deal in real. I don't deal in bullshit. I'm sorry. I know you all do. I, I know you all do. I know everybody out there deals in complete. Yeah, here it is. If you can't look a man in the eye and say good game after a setback, then that's a problem in leadership. Lots of skills. Who's saying it's not, Jacob? Let me show you again the handshake line. So Jacob thinks the only way you do this is because, and Jacob's up guy. Okay, Jacob, good for you. But if you think that is what the handshake line is, you're an idiot. Or you've never coached. It ain't about that. I'll go shake the hand of the coach. I used to stop halfway and say, you guys are idiots. I mean, because I used to shake hands with every guy and look, I mean, Jacob, I know you're a young coach trying to, you know, but that's bullshit. The handshake line. If you can't look a man in the eye, that's not what happens, Jacob. And it ain't the handshake line. Shoot, when I played, hey, man, great game. Oh, man, you kicked our ass. It ain't. That's all the bullshit is. Just stop. If you can't look a man, that's what you got, Jacob, huh? That's the old, that's the only way you do it, huh? Oh, okay. All right. People are idiots. I ain't lying to you. I mean, you coaches that make this bullshit up, you don't live in the real world. You don't. Handshake line, if you need a handshake line to be a man, you ain't never going to be a man. Period. Uh, a couple hot takes, Jacob. We need a handshake line. Shut the fuck up. You need to be a man, really. Yeah, that's a man. <laughs> Dumbasses. Sp <laughs> right. Uh, fat coach. Fat coaching gear. Sportsmanship is shown by conduct during the game, not by a forced phony handshake after. The NBA has it right. If a player wants to seek out an opponent after a game and shake hands, fine. Otherwise, do away with the phony handshake line. Bingo. But, you know, Jacob is a young coach, and he thinks you're supposed to look people in the eye. Shut the hell up. All right, Michigan won't make the NCAA tournament. Look, I don't give a shit whether Michigan makes the NCAA tournament or not. I don't care. My son played at Michigan. I love the experience he had at Michigan. I love John Beeline. Uh, Michigan with Jawan Howard, if they make it, great. If they don't make it, great. But Jawan Howard should not coach in the NCAA tournament. Come at me with all your coded words, ESPNers. Do whatever you need. But the truth of the matter is, uh, no. They ain't making it. It is hard. It, although Michigan is the one place, the one place that 
has had great success with an interim head coach, Steve, C. Steve Fisher, in 1989. See him in 1989. But the truth of the matter is, uh, yeah, I don't think they make it. They got to win some games. I don't know that they will. And I think Ty should go against Michigan. Just what I think. Uh, Jay Nivey and Jabari Smith are the two top NBA draft choices. I got to tell you, I'm watching Jabari Smith play this week, and it was the first time I really sat down and watched Auburn. God dang, is he good. Now, they lost, but I don't care. Dang, is he good. He can go inside, he can go outside. Now, here's the situation with Jabari Smith and Jaden Ivey. I don't know the answer to this. When you talk to their coaches, everybody's going to tell you, oh, they're great, great. Hardest working guy, great. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I don't know. But here's what happens in the NBA. What happens in the NBA is this. You get money. You got time. You get distracted. I mean, look at the lobby of an NBA hotel. I see it. I, I see it every single time an NBA team comes in. There's a line outside the Conrad. So you can tell me I'm sexist, whatever you want. All I know is what I see. And there are women standing there. The better the team, the more women. You say whatever you want. There are all kinds of distractions. How are they going to handle that? That's the difference, really. How hard are you going to work at improving your game? I think Jaden Ivey is still the number one pick in the draft. I think Jabari Smith from Auburn is still number one A or maybe number one, depending on what you need. I think those two kids are absolutely fantastic. I do. I think they are so good. I think they are so great. I think they're. I, I think he and the, I think he's great. I don't know whether they will be. I'm not going to go through the interviews. I'm not going to go through all the stuff that you go through. I'm just telling you what I see, and those two guys are incredible in terms of the rest of the country getting from point A to point B. We've seen better players, and Jabari Smith needs to get strong, all that stuff, but those two dudes, I ain't mad if, if, if they come to Indianapolis. I always said, you know, if he came to Indianapolis, I wouldn't give a shit about a draft choice. But if those two came to Indianapolis, I'd be a little bit excited. I think they're damn good. I do. I think they're really good. Uh, let me go another one. There will be a mid-major in the Final Four. I believe this. Now, I don't know what you describe as a mid-major. I'm certainly not talking about Gonzaga. But I do think there will be a mid-major. Here's why. When I watch these college basketball teams that are at the top, I think Duke is really good. I think Kentucky can be really good. I don't think that they are exempt from being beaten by a really good mid-major like a Murray State. I've watched Murray State. We're uber talented. I think they play great. But I don't think any of these top-tier teams – now, I don't know if you can go ahead and beat Gonzaga with a mid-major because Gonzaga has two bigs that you're really going to have a hard time with. You're going to have a hard time with Drew Timmy, I think, on the block late in the game. But I do think the way college basketball is set up right now, with everybody running the same boring-ass offense, with everybody having pretty much four guards other than Gonzaga, other than Purdue and some others, I do think it is set up this year for a mid-major to make a run. Now, if you're going to ask me which mid-major, the one I'm going to jump to Maybe St. Mary's, I don't know, but they always seem to overachieve in the regular season and get their ass beat in the conference tournament and don't do much. Uh, Murray State looks to be the team, but here's the deal with mid-majors. Here's something to remember as you watch college hoops. When you play 
and the, in the MAC, or you play in the Missouri Valley, you name the league, okay, and you go through that and you win a conference tournament. First off, the competition is fierce. I coached in the, it is fierce. Hell, we couldn't get by in 2002 Kent State. You know what Kent State did in 2002? They went to the Elite Eight, and Indiana had to hit 15 threes in a game in Rupp Arena to beat Kent State to go to the Final Four. Kent was the only team we couldn't beat. I think we lost six games that year, and Kent beat us three times. I couldn't get, I could not figure out how to guard Antonio Gates and a kid named Andrew Mitchell. Just couldn't do it. So when you are winning that league, you are a hot basketball team. And usually that's why there's no surprise to me anyway, when you see a team that's come through their conference tournament, win a first round NCAA game against a team that came in sixth in their conference. We'll get into more of that, but I just don't see teams that are physically that imposing. I don't think anybody mid-major is going to beat an Auburn, but maybe they don't have to. I don't know. This is one year I could see. I really can. I can see that Auburn, or excuse me, I can see once again a mid-major ending up in the NCAA Final Four. It wouldn't surprise me even a little bit. It really wouldn't. It might surprise others because there is a haves and haves nots. But as I watch college hoops now, man, I'm not seeing this grand discrepancy in how good teams are at the high major level with how good the best mid-majors are. I'm just not seeing it. Um, betting on college basketball is bad for your health. I'm going to go through this. Do you know that last night, Indiana, where is it? Oh, I'm looking at the TV right here. My boys. Indiana was up four points last night. Bear with me. Was up four points under a minute to go in a basketball game against Ohio State. On top of this, Indiana had come from like 11 down and was playing great. Okay? Great. Not good. Great. Best I've seen Indiana play. I mean, they were hustling. They were after it. They were doing things. They were just freaking going nuts playing basketball the way you'd hope Mike Woodson's team would continue to play basketball. Up four, under a minute, plus Indiana was getting seven. Let me say it again. Plus four, under a minute, getting seven. And they lost. They lost. Not only did they lose, they lost by 11. They legitimately got their ass kicked. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. What a horrific beat that is <coughs> for a gambler. Look, you go to overtime and you're like, all right, my team's playing well. My team made a big comeback. Okay. Yesterday, I made a mistake. <clears throat> yeah, there's guys on ESPN. Uh, there's a show called The Daily Wager. I love Doug Kazarian. <clears throat> there's a show called Daily Wager that Doug Kazarian hosts. He's got one of these training wheel guys on to do college basketball and soccer takes. I can't remember his name. He hosts, I, I forget his name. 
He goes into, and I never listen to these guys, never coached. I think he played the Ivy League. I don't even know. But I'm, li- I'm watching this show, and this is my mistake. I'm listening to him talk about the Norfolk State, Morgan State game. And he's talking about how Norfolk State is going to win. State is going to win this game. Morgan State isn't very good. Norfolk's got. And my first mistake is listening to Training Wheel ESPN guy, the guy they got on there trying to develop him. <clears throat> I don't know why I'm listening, but I did. And I look it up, and you know what? Norfolk State's 18 and five, uh, eight and 13 is what Morgan State is. So I listened to this guy. I lost my money. I deserve to lose my money. You only listen to Frischella, Gottlieb, me, Greenberg when it comes to college hoops. Everybody else either has an agenda or doesn't have enough ass to them, meaning they haven't coached, they haven't played. uh, And if you haven't coached, I got nothing for you. I'm not going to lie. I don't don't listen to players. I've had one of the best ESPN announcers on my show, and every time he talks basketball, I'm like, oh, my God. So I listen to this guy, betting college basketball is bad for your health. It just is. Now, I'm going to give you, once the NCAA tournament starts, that's where I make all my money. Right now, I'm down big over the last weekend. I didn't bet the Indiana game last night for whatever the reason. I got what I deserve for listening to the wrong people. Only listen to coaches. I listen to some guy. Don't listen to some guy. Don't do it. Only listen to coaches. Jesus. I listen to these guys. I I listen and I'm like, oh, man. Hey, Dan, my my family has instituted a morning handshake line before going our separate ways. Hi, Lee. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for the coffee. Uh, Dan, my family instituted a morning handshake line before going our separate ways in the morning. It's a way of showing respect, honor, and a positive attitude to seize the day. <laughs> oh, man. Young coaches. Well, if you can't look a guy in the eye, I don't know how, Lee, Lee I don't know how I survived playing four years without a handshake line. I don't know how I did it. Yeah. Hello. 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 No, that's that's honor. That's dignity. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Because I want you to win money and get it back, here are some fave. Hello? I can't stop doing it. I'm sorry. I can't stop. Uh, Bowling Green at Akron. Akron given eight and a half. Look, I don't want to bet against Bowling Green, but they stink. They've stunk ever since I left. Uh, John Gross, good coach. Bowling Green coach, good coach. Everybody's a good coach. Everybody's a great coach. Max Tough, blah, 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 blah. But this is a 10-point game. Akron's going to win by 10. Bowling Green just lost by 11 to Ball State. The head coach there is like some manager guy. I got gas. I'm on one today. I like it. I better eat before my noon show. Because I'm going to go off. Where am I going here? I'm going to go off on these guys. I hate to go off on Mike Woodson. He's my IU brother, Dane Fife. But that's a horseshit coach team. Anyway, Michigan State, Iowa. This is really stupid. Under 153 and a half. That's 70, what is it? 87 
am I talking about? That's 7870. That's 7875. I'll take the under on that. I'm not sure Michigan can get to 75. Villanova plus two and a half at UConn. All right. There are certain rules in life. You ready for them? College football, take Urban Meyer and the points. Period. That's a rule. College basketball, take Jay Wright and the points. Take them. Take Jay Wright and the points. Do it. Take them. Take Jay Wright and the points. And guess what we call this? We say it on my show, your toes will be tapping. Look, I don't know one player on Villanova. I don't know one player on freaking UConn. But I know this. Jay Wright and the points. The godfather. The George Clooney of coaching. Whatever name you want. Take Jay Wright and the points. UConn's a nice team. No question about it. UConn's kind of a surging team. No question about it. I don't even know. I don't even care. I'll never forget my brother bet against Urban Meyer and the points in the Big Ten Championship game against Wisconsin. I was in Arizona doing the Gonzaga-Arizona game when he called me and told me my exact quote was, you're an idiot, you always take Urban Meyer and the points. Trust me on this. You always take Jay Wright and the points. Um, One thing that I want to do relative to gambling, I don't bet a lot of money on these games, but but it, it builds up what I end up winning or losing. I'm tired of that. I need a new system. So I need you all to come up with a new system. What are you talking about, Dockage? Well, nickel and diming, it ain't ain't working for me. I need a system where I say, all right, I want to be Mattress Mac, but my mattress would be like a grand. I want a grand on this team. Just give me the team and tell me why. Like, I want five grand on this team. Give me the game. Give me the game. Tell me the team, and tell me why. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I got fifty bucks on a loss. I got hundred bucks on the a loss. Next thing you know, I'm down five hundred bucks, and I'm like, what did I do? Why am I wasting my time? So I have a new gambling philosophy. I have a new one. So there you go. That's it. Uh, get a big one and away we go. Now you can join me. If, uh, you can join me this afternoon. My show at noon to three is going to be fireable. I watched my Hoosiers last night and I hate to say this, but they stunk. The coaching was abysmal. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I blame not, well, these guys lost in the past, which is what we've said at Indiana. No. 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 That is not it. These guys were coached so poorly last night that my my brothers, I consider them my brothers. They don't consider me their brothers. Like, Woody's always been ish. I don't know him that great. But I wasn't good enough to get the respect of the great players. But Dane Fife, I recruited. Dane Fife is my boy. I talk to Dane Fife all the time. So if you want to hear somebody rip their alma mater, you're going to hear me rip my alma mater coming up at noon, noon to three on 107.5 The Fan. Last thing, I've really got to go to the bathroom. So I got to close this show up, Dylan. I'm sorry, but I sit here all morning 
drinking coffee. Those of you that know me know how this goes. Have a great afternoon. Thanks to everybody for setting this up. Gottlieb was great. Trey Wallace, fantastic. We'll have more guests tomorrow. This is becoming the go-to show in the morning because we speak truths, unadulterated, unbiased truths. Don't at me. See you.